Hey, it's Friday, Friday, September 25th. Have you ever thought of taking the, the caption of the picture um, that they say, hey, smile for the camera? And you know me, um, I'm goofy enough, I can't just smile. <laughs> um, but I'm, sometimes it'd be fun to say, hey, you know, make a caption for this picture. Sometimes maybe I don't want that. Anyway, let's get let's get into the important stuff here. God's Word, we are going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Now, Isaiah is kind of the gospel in the Old Testament. So if you really want someone to understand the, the, that Jesus is coming and that he is going to, to remove the sins of the whole world and that he is the lamb that was slain, that he is God's chosen one, Isaiah is just a beautiful picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. So if anyone's ever wondered, where's Jesus in the Old Testament? It's definitely a place you can take them. Uh, Psalm 22 is another place. I mean, we can just go on and on about where Jesus is in the Old Testament. And I would encourage you, as you're reading the Old Testament, look for Jesus in it. See where you can see the foreshadowing that, that God is pointing toward him. It makes it an exciting adventure, like, you know, so like a treasure hunt. Jesus is definitely a treasure. So, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. See if you can see Jesus in this. Clue. Verse 1, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from its roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will, shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and little children shall lead them. Psalm 103, verses 6 through 13. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he remove our so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. The Scapegoat After the high priest made atonement inside the most holy place on Yom Kippur, he came outside the veil and placed his hands on the head of the scapegoat. There he confessed before all Israel the sins of the pe that the people had committed. It was understood that their sins were now carried by the scapegoat who was led away to the wilderness. That was the, la that was the last duty the high priest did on the most holy of days. But what about today? There is no priesthood for Israel, no temple, no bulls, no sacrifices, and no scapegoat. How can the sins of Israel be forgiven? Rabbis today teach that we make our own atonement by doing three things, prayer and fasting, repentance, and doing good deeds. Our actions make for our atonement, according to the Jewish rabbis. This is most certainly not true, since nothing we can do can replace what God does for us. 
Nowhere in the Bible does God authorize a man-made means of atonement. We rely on God's grace and the Messiah, who literally took our sins away so that we could be set free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for taking away all my sin. Amen. And what's interesting is we have this tendency to hear, hey, you can do stuff to be right with God. And for some reason, our flesh goes, yes, let me do that. And the only reason that is is because we are, are broken in the flesh. We're broken and prideful. And we want to exalt ourselves. We want to feel like we've done something to be worthy. And the reality is we're not worthy. But God, in his love, has seen fit to give us worth for Christ's sake. What Christ has done has given us worth. And so we look to Christ to find our identity. We look to Christ to find our everything. We look to Christ because everything he has done for us, making us right with God, is something we could never do. All the works in the world, all the fasting, all the prayers, all the good deeds, those are all filthy rags if it is without Christ. Once you're in Christ, now that fruit of repentance in Christ is to do those good works that naturally come as someone who is just so grateful to what Jesus has done that they naturally are a changed person because God has changed them. He's raised them from dead to life. They were in darkness. Now they're in the marvelous light of Christ. And now we do things in the new creation in Christ that are eternal and have great value for the kingdom. So, may God richly bless your day. Enjoy Jesus. Go and share life.